my name is JC Salinas. I am the creative director of Ask an Enemy Studios out of El Paso, Texas. Um, I created the studio after dropping out of college. So I love talking with people that um, want to go to school or possibly are in school and just, you know, hearing their kind of like uh, stories and stuff and what they want to accomplish and see if school's right for them. Because my thing has never been drop out of school. Uh, my thing has been that that's just what worked for me. Um, I know everyone has different ways of dealing with things, but um, yeah, so I'm currently working on a game called a dual hand disaster tracker. It is a split screen. Actually, let me change that because I've changed that a little bit. It is the only split screen single player twin stick risk em up uh, in which your score is meaningless unless you exist. So yeah, that's kind of my thing, man. Uh, I can kind of keep going on stuff or if you have questions of your own, if anyone in the chat has any questions, of course, I'm happy to answer those as well. Your, your current game project, how long have you been working on it? Um, I started in 2013 when I dropped out and have been working on it since. Uh, I do have a day job, uh, which cuts in like eight hours of my day. Oh, part-time um, indie. Yeah, what's that? Part-time indie. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Well, actually, I'd still consider it full time because, like, it's what I want to be doing, and it's the only thing I do. Because, uh, yeah, the day job, like, I've met a lot of developers going to all these different events and everything, uh, where you know they have a day job where their day job is programming or being at like some big studio or something, uh, and then they get home and like that's kind of like the last thing they would want to work on, right? Is like yeah. a project. Uh, where like I think that's kind of what motivates me is having a day job that just absolutely sucks balls and like has <laughs> nothing to do with video games. So it kind of like motivates me even more to be like, all right, yeah, this this is kind of what I want to do. Not from a financial perspective, but just the idea of like, yeah, dude, like I would a hundred million times rather be working on this, you know? Did you say what your day job was? I'm, I think I missed it. No, no, no. Um, I actually don't like giving them any credit because it's just a really boring day job. All uh, it is is matching what industry IDs. slash type of job, if you don't want to oh, say uh, what. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess just customer service. Okay. I mean, because all I do is match IDs with certificate information and pass it along. That's Sounds it. Sounds like uh, data <laughs> input. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty. Actually, that is exactly what it is. Just entering information and data entry. Yeah, double checking information. It's boring. It's boring as hell, man. But <laughs> so I, I kinda agree with the whole thing where I know somebody who's been looking for a job in games or in tech recently. And mm -hmm. they've had a little bit of a hard time, so they decided to just get a job at Red Robin. <laughs> and <laughs> nice as a, as a cook. And it wasn't until after they started working there that they really got fired up and like, no, I'm going to start working on stuff on the side, build that portfolio. And like, because apparently having, like, yeah. because it, 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 like you hate the job. And so it, that fires you up and it kind of keeps you going, I guess. Oh yeah. Dude, also supporting you financially. Man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's doing it, <laughs> you know? Um, so, I mean, one of the reasons why I dropped out of school was because of the idea of, you know, if I'm going to be in debt forever uh, and I'm not learning a damn thing at school about what I want to do, um, I may as well drop out, go into debt on my own and fail on my own terms, pretty much, you know? Hmm. 
Um, and along the way, I mean, I've had help from friends and a, a super supportive friend here at home who, you know, she helps me when I, when I can't pay for my booth at an event, she'll pay for the booth, I'll pay for my hotel kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, it, it's all about just like what opportunities you have available, um, how can you, you know, take advantage of it and, and then, you know, just hopefully you earn your, your part of that process. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but yeah, like a really big part of it is, is, is you gotta be willing to, uh, unless you're able to, you're lucky and you strike gold and you get like a publisher deal or something, um, then yeah, you can, well, even that's not really striking gold, but it's the idea of like, you know, being able to go to a, a game full time, which is something I've, I've tried to do, you know, I've pitched the game to a couple of publishers and they've all passed. Um, and I don't blame them, you know, they're, they want to make money. Uh, the game I'm making, I have no idea whether it'll make money or not. All I know is I'm doing this because I dropped out of school and I want to prove to myself that I can make a video game, even though, you know, a, a university didn't teach me anything about it. Mm -hmm. Pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's been a process, man, but like, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Like, uh, when I first, when I went to my first GEC back in like 2014, that was like the first one I went to. Um, and I went to E3 the year prior. And I think that's where I was like, all right, I definitely want to do this. I want to make a video game. And then when I went to GDC in 2014, that, that was when like the fire was just lit because I got 100,000% out of my comfort zone. Um, started talking to people that I normally wouldn't, um, which came from the whole thing that started at the E3, at E3, uh, is I got, I got up out of my comfort zone, started talking to people, asking questions about things, and yeah, just got started that way. Uh, yeah, because again, I just wanted to prove to myself that, you know, if the school isn't going to teach me anything, I'll teach myself this stuff and I'll, I'll do something about it. That sounds like uh, a common experience um, in that. Yeah. Like getting out of the comfort zone is a big thing for a lot of students. And I've, I've mm -hmm. heard teachers talk about this as well. Like in, in Seattle, especially, and I've met teachers who try to teach, who try to help their students get more, more prepared to go into the games industry or the tech industry. And they do uh, often complain <laughs> about yeah. how a lot of times it feels like the biggest resistance can be some students just aren't ready to get out of their comfort level like they don't yeah. go to as many networking events even though here in seattle there's like a bajillion of them um, yes dude and so being from el paso where we don't have any of that kind of stuff and then going to a place like seattle and meeting the people i have and stuff and it's just like holy crap man like it, 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 that's kind of where you know um the thing where I, I i started doing panels called uh with the title make games not excuses because yeah. I started going to all these events and meeting people where they had so many awesome opportunities available to them. And they would always just, this is a personal thing. It's just an opinion I have, of course, right? But it always felt like their reasons were not justified for not taking advantage of those different opportunities, you know? Um, and it felt more like an excuse to not get out of that comfort zone like we were talking about. Uh, whether it's like, oh, well, I already have a job at Amazon or whatever, but I really want to do this. It's like bullshit, because <laughs> if you really wanted to do it, you would do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, some people have like weird situations that are in the way, but yeah. many of them, 
Many people don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, don't get me wrong, dude. Like there are people with 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 uh, uh, quote unquote problems, I guess. I, I can't find another word right away. But um, a, a good example of something where something like that just kind of stuck in me was um, was it last? Yeah, last year at Mega Booth, I, I was lucky enough to be chosen for Mega Booth, right? So I showed for the game which at Mega Booth event packs uh, for GDC. Oh, GDC, neat. Yes, yeah. Um, but anyway, so my point was there's this there's this guy who came up. He was in a wheelchair, uh, had to have one of those like type things to talk to people. I might have um, met that guy. He... Oh, really? I have his card. I forget his name off the top of my head, but he, he oh, did. Oh, dude, if I think if you have his information, him. I would love to know that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, um, I should reach out to him. I should look back at my cards from last year. Yeah, yeah, dude. If you do, like, seriously, let me know because I didn't get a chance to talk to him because what happened was I was talking to some students who, who were talking about, you know, hoping they could one day be a mega boost, blah, blah, whatever. Uh, so, you know, we did the thing of talking about all that stuff. But this one guy comes up behind us who happens to be this guy. Um, and, you know, he, he's he's got actual physical handicaps. You know what I mean? Yeah, I forget However, the name of his still... condition, but yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the um, it's a popular one. ALS. Is that popular? Okay. I think so. Right. When I say popular, I mean like there's a lot of charities. I get it. you. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the thing is this guy had legitimate reasons to be the person who could be like sitting on his ass and just complaining about not being able to do anything. And he comes up to us and he's like, do you guys want to try my game? <laughs> and I'd like, dude, I was like just floored. Um, unfortunately, like I said, right when that happened, I got like some media people who came over, I got distracted, but luckily the people I was talking to did take advantage of that situation. Um, and they, you know, they started talking to him and doing all that stuff, but it's just like, come on, you know, like that's why my first question, whenever someone says like, I want to do this, whatever, um, I ask him, well, what's holding you back? Because once you break that barrier of knowing, okay, well, it's it that's a dumb reason. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you can kind of, it's like an icebreaker type thing where you can just, like, break through and just be like, all right, let's see what your reasons are. Let's talk about them and then see if it's a valid thing or whatever. Um, yeah, and uh, one, you know? one of the goals that I've had with this whole speaker series, like, yeah. you're the, tw which one, the 26th AMA that we've done so far? Um, mm -hmm. we, one of the goals is to basically expose students to a lot of different types of career paths, um, so that you can eventually get a sense of how to better construct a path that fits for you better, as right opposed on. to having like a monolithic advice that's like, well, everybody should do this, everybody should do that. And, and so I do think that there, like for every individual person, there it, you're going to have to figure it out yourself, like what your career path into games will look like and what you have to work with and what limitations you'll have to overcome. And as totally. we as we look at these paths, we tend to see patterns of things that get in people's way. And so like that, <laughs> that uh, unfortunately, people get in their own way a lot. <laughs> yeah. Or, no, dude, that 100,000%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or another way to frame it would be uh, and I, when I was in middle school and high school, I was really shy, like cripplingly mm -hmm. shy. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until games and like that realization of, okay, at this rate, 
like my networking skills are terrible. I'm not going to get a job at this, right? <laughs> something has right to on. change. And so like that feeling of something has to change. Uh, slowly over time, I was able to build up the habits that like expand my comfort zone. The way I, th I often think of it as a form of strength, like I have to build up the strength <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to, uh, and especially for introverts, like introverts get tired out by social interaction and so i think of it as a stamina yeah. game as well and so like but once you get a really good handle of the problem then you can start working on it yeah totally um and i mean it really does come down to that dude like the just like the individual like the individual person needs to have that like it, it, it goes back to how i was saying you know like where someone says like oh well i really want to do this and it's like i don't think you do because you'd be doing it um, it really comes down to that. It's like the individual needs to have that like thirst for, for, I guess, knowledge, if that, if that makes sense in, in wanting to figure out how to make a video game, because I didn't know anything, dude. I didn't know programming. I didn't know how to draw. I mean, as a musician and stuff, I knew how I, I could write music or whatever, but like, and, and you know, I would sketch around here and there when I was in, in school and stuff, but yeah, like I didn't know anything and I just threw myself in and was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And as I started to do it, so, so here's one of those things, right? Is like, once you start to do something, you might even start to think like, holy crap, I actually don't want to do this because I don't like the programming or, or I don't like drawing or whatever. Um, but at the same time, uh, there are people that also, uh, will figure out, well, oh, okay. I don't like the programming aspect, but what I'll, what I will do is I will, I did like the music stuff, right? Um, yeah, so you pivot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And it was really cool because I, I did a talk at like a community college here in Las Cruces um, where I met a kid that was like that. Like he, you know, the, the, the professor in the class put like a whole team together. Um, and then by doing that, the guy who originally went in to try and, uh, you know, make a video game or whatever, um, found out that he hated everything about making a video game except for making music. Um, so he started following the path of making music instead. So yeah, like, but the thing is, you have to get again out of that comfort zone type thing to where you do at least do something. Um, and I think you kind of referenced this earlier about uh, the, you know, having to like build up a portfolio or whatever. Um, and that, yeah. that's a really good thing to do because what you're doing is, even if it's just futzing around with like, you know, Unreal Engine or even like some kind of 3D engine or, or like not 3D engine, like a Maya or whatever, right? And, and you have something to show. Like, for example, what I tell people is like when they come up to the booth and they're like, hey, how do, you know, about how do I make a video game or whatever? Uh, I ask them, well, what do you want to do? And they're like, oh, well, I like art. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you have? What, what have you drawn? They're like, oh, well, I got I got these ideas. And I'm like, well, show me. And they're like, well, you know, I, I kind of have them back at home on this paper. And it's like, no, like, if you want to get someone interested in what you're doing, show them what you're willing to do to earn that, I guess, respect, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. And yeah. once you start networking, you'll find, like, okay, having yes. something to show at all times is helpful. And so that will inform the kinds of projects that you pick up as well. Mm -hmm. Even for freelancing, I find that, when sometimes you have dry seasons where you can't get a contract, <laughs> no one's hiring for some reason. And right. during those times, I will specifically work on a, just a random project just for myself. And so that when I do meet with people, I can at least point to something that I'm working on and look busy. 
Right on. So I want to open up again to sure. encourage people to ask questions. It looked like Jessica was trying to ask one earlier. Oh, right, yeah. I might be wrong. Uh, you have to unmute yourself if you want to ask, or you can type. Yeah. Oh, yeah, ask away. So one of the things I do at, at panels I do uh, is I, I tell people that if they have a question, just interrupt. Like, if, if I say something that's, like, all of a sudden, like, you know, oh, hey, I'd like to ask about that. Like, obviously, this is kind of a lot easier because you can kind of just type out the question. But, yes, like, if I'm, if I'm talking or, you know, if we're talking together, um, ask the question because, yeah, we can totally just read the chat and answer your questions. Um, yeah. Uh, because that that's, again, that's how I learned how to do anything was – and it's a really dumb thing, right? Like ask a question, but it's obvious. And there are a lot of people that don't um, there, for a lot of reasons. Some people like probably don't ask questions because they feel they're going to ask the wrong question. Um, and don't ever do that because then basically what you're doing is you're putting more power in the person who, who you have no idea who they even are. Um, and you're making them have some kind of power over you by thinking you're uh, somehow inferior because of the question you asked. Like they have nothing to do with your question. Ask your question because that's what you want to know. Uh, yeah, and I don't think people will remember it too much if it was a bad question. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. People only remember the good questions, I guess. So you can't Jessica, your whole point. <laughs> I'll, I'll read the question aloud just for the recording. So Jessica sure. asked, yeah. uh, I was wondering why you decided on a single player split screen. You, like you said, not the norm. <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't like intentional in the sense of like oh i'm gonna make this game that nobody's ever made um basically what i did was i just sat in front of my screen when i started to want to work on something right and i kind of looked at the screen and a blank screen just a blank screen and i held a controller in my hand and i just like asked myself what i wanted to see on the screen like what did i want to do um and i just kind of started filling fiddling with like this the thumbsticks and i started to think about uh one of my favorite games, which is Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, um, where you control two brothers at the same time. And something about the way that game controlled was really cool, like being able to do two things at one time. And uh, the other thing was the controls were really simple. So it was basically just a controller split in half and you have your left trigger to basically interact. Like that's really all you did. Um, I thought that was really cool. Uh, but then when I started thinking about it, it was the idea of um, when two things are on the same screen and they cross the center of the screen, Ibn Ab does this a lot too. You cross the center of the screen and you forget who you're controlling. And then when you're trying to solve a puzzle, that gets really frustrating sometimes. Um, so I just like pulled up Game Maker and just started throwing stuff in. And, um, you know, I try to keep it simple. So all I did was I put a little white square in the center started moving it with the left stick and then put another square on the right and started moving it and i was like this is really cool but having them control uh completely free was was really hard to wrap my head around so uh sorry were you gonna ask something dude no i was just trying to clarify it sound like you, <laughs> but whatever oh yeah okay cool um but yeah so that was kind of the ideas i just i i like that and then i started i started building off of that idea um, and if you have a chance, like you can go to my YouTube channel and I have a, it's youtube.com slash ask an enemy studios. And I have a trailer on there called TLDR progress. Um, and it shows you what the game looked like when I started it in game maker. 
Um, and I did that trailer specifically for the reason of, of um, showing, you know, like, like people who are like me who wanted to make a video game that your game's going to look terrible when you start it out. Um, but as long as you keep applying yourself to it, right, um, y you'll end up, you know, in a, in a different spot than where you started. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, get, I get that a lot. I get a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm, ter I'm terrible at art, um, but I'm good at programming or something. And it's, you know, kind of the same idea. So you basically, I, I think of this kind of differently, I guess, than maybe most people do where, I, I say, don't focus on your strengths because they're your strengths for a reason. Focus on your weaknesses and how you can overcome those. Um, where most people say, focus on your strengths. Like, I get that point also, but I think the focus on your weaknesses, to a certain extent, don't dwell on them. Like, I think that's the biggest thing, right, is don't dwell on your uh, weaknesses. That's a problem I think people need to overcome. So you're thinking about it from the perspective of if, if your project is to learn and basically training, focus on your weaknesses. Yeah. But if you, and, the, and then the flip side is, if you really want to uh, impress people, make money basically, focus on your strengths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and totally. You can do both, maybe not at the same time, maybe at the same time. Um, no, you, you totally yeah. can. Uh, it, uh, again, it just goes back to the individual. Cause again, um, I'm doing these things on my own because I started not knowing what I was doing. So to start getting, like some people start to think of the object, the, the outcome of the objective before they even think of the objective, right? Um, so they start to think, oh, well, I need a team. So I need to find an artist. I need to find this. It's like, there's a lot you can do on your own. Um, and then once, once you find, if you have a bottleneck or if you have something where, like I said, don't dwell on the weaknesses. So if you know your art is terrible, and you are just not going to do a good job, in your own opinion, of doing good art, then yeah, focus on getting an artist. Uh, focus on hopefully paying the artist, right? Because you do want to do that. Um, but yeah, like so, start to start to think of it that way, in a sense. Yeah, and uh, so we have a question from I don't sure. know how to pronounce this. Uh, <laughs> Small, it might not be designed to pronounce him. It's probably like an alias. Uh, yeah, no, which, totally. <laughs> SMU <laughs> is probably, I don't know, SMU is a, a school. Yeah, probably. Uh, That's which, a which games did you get inspired to develop your current project? Oh, man. Well, yeah. So, again, I don't know if you were here for this, but that, that's uh, what I was talking about is, is games like Ibnob, uh, because you're controlling two things at the same time. Ib and Ob. Ib and Ob, yeah. IBB. IBB and OBB. Okay, Eb and Ob. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and the, the Two Brothers game? Yes, Brothers. Brothers. Um, also, obviously, you can kind of tell my age based on the game. Well, if I, yeah, I don't know if these guys have, have played the game or uh, whatever, but um, it, it is kind of like you're playing Galaga and Pac-Man at the same time. <laughs> so... Um, mm. I kind of went back to some of the old old games of, um, you know, like, I want... So here's the thing. When you start a game also, you also definitely want to focus on scope. So you want to make sure you, you're not, you know, oh, I'm going to make the next, you know, Call of Duty or the next, you know, Skyrim or whatever. If you do, you know, more power to you, but understand what you're getting yourself into because those games were made by a team of like thousands of people at some point, right? Um, but yeah, so scope. So my thing was like, I'll think small, 
and I started to think of something just fun and arcadey. And uh, I really like Housemarque's games, which are, you know, like Resogun, Super Stardust. Uh, not too big on the Dead Nation, though, but um, those kind of like spaceshipy, kind of like shoot stuff and get scores kind of thing. Um, so that's where that kind of came from. Uh, the thing with games kind of like what Housemarque's been doing lately, though, is a lot of those kind of score-based games, um, they started to lose uh, some... I don't know how to how to explain it, but with, with me personally, like I, I started to get bored with them uh, to a point where they started to focus too much on on just surviving, uh, and that's like your score kind of became arbitrary at that point. So it, it didn't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of like you go and you go and you die and you keep your score no matter what. But if you die and you had a really high score, there was no risk involved there, right? Because you just kind of like. You just try to over. You just try to top yourself every time, uh, and I don't know. Some of that just kind of killed it for me. Um, so my thing was instead of like, uh, instead of just like complaining and being a guy on a blog saying like Housemark should make this kind of game. That's kind of where I just put my foot in my mouth, you know. And it was like, all right, I'm gonna make the game I want. I wish they would make. That's how I um, got into games too. Nice. Uh, uh, I was playing. <laughs> I was playing a bunch of games on the internet that let you make your own levels in them, like little platformers. Right. And I got involved with this little community that was really into that. And we were like, wouldn't it be great if they added this feature? Because like, once you play a certain game a lot, you yeah, you it gets stale. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah. a lot of the craving was like, we wish the game had more content so that it didn't get so boring so fast. But and then yeah. and then I'm like, wait a minute, I have Flash. And so I started learning. I bought some books on making flash games, and that's huh. how I got started. And and from there, like that was the first time I even considered games as a career. Uh, just right. me being like, wait, what if I made this? And then and then like, what if I made games in general? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, did did you use tools like that too? Like like just uh, you know, like kind of before game makery kind of things, like like RPG maker and stuff, like stuff that was kind of like already templated out sort of i or played a lot also... of i played a lot of level maker games like, okay cool yeah like what, what was one i guess when minecraft came out i made a lot of minecraft stuff okay um, cool and super mario flash before mario maker <laughs> <laughs> nice uh, yeah i wanted to play with the rom hacks but i never i never actually got around to it it seems like a complicated thing to me right but on that was just me in high school being like intimidated by everything uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, uh, like for me personally, my my first, I guess, level editor game was Excite Bike on the NES. You know, like ooh. it's crazy to think they were able to pull off some kind of level editor in that game. Um, oh, remember Line Rider? And there was a game that came out called Free Rider, which is basically Line Rider, but you can drive a bike around. Yeah, I played that. Yeah, a and lot. then you just make a bunch of curves or something. That wasn't that like an iPhone game or something. Uh, maybe I, they probably okay. came out with one after the fact, but I just remember it as a flash game. I played a lot of flash games. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> uh, so if anyone has a question, feel free to jump in. Yes, by all means. And it is, uh, JM here posted. Um, have you Sorry, worked, how many other, like, have you worked on other games, uh, before this one, either a uh, side project no. or learning projects? Nope. 
nope, this was Interesting. it. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. I, I went to, to game design school, quote unquote, yeah. for those who can't see. Um, yeah, for uh, thinking they were going to teach me, like, you know, uh, how to make a game. Because, again, I didn't know how to make a game. Like, I didn't know what you would need to do. I understood you needed to have rules and stuff, but like, you know, you kind of have sometimes like a, a, a structure of understanding you need to do this or this is kind of like, these are mechanics kind of thing or whatever. Um, and yeah, so like, I just kind of, yeah, yeah, like jumped in and, and just did it. I, I think uh, it's interesting because you have a lot of, you've internalized a lot of learnings that people get after they failed a bunch of projects. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like I mean, dude, I've failed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've just stayed on one project. You know what I mean? Um, I started out as well. Like I kept on yeah. working on the same project over and over again. And yeah. the thing that kind of broke me out of that loop was um, the basically game jams. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Totally. And and game, and I'm like, you know, working on different projects actually helps me learn a lot. And I just really like that mm -hmm. idea. And I also, yeah. uh, got, once I made a bunch of little games and I also like rebooted my main project over and over again, I got a much clearer sense of basically treating projects differently as, okay, this is a serious, real project. Like I, I intend to finish it versus just something that I'm chipping away at and not really yes. arriving at anywhere. Right on. And so that um, helped me learn that as well. Cool. No, and that, and that's cool, man. And that, that's why I like talking to people that like do that kind of stuff because, um, and, and I recommend that to people who, who like to work that way because my thing, my, and again, it just my opinion, but with game jams, granted, I've never actually done one, uh -huh. but to me, I, like I'm a musician first and foremost, so I always see it as like a joining like a new band or something, right? Like you go and you, you join a band or whatever, and then you write like a couple of songs and some of them have some really cool, like either hooks to them or like something rad about them. And then the band end up, ends up just breaking <laughs> up and you wasted all that energy in, in like those songs or whatever, right? And that's the worst feeling. So when I started working on this game, that was the last thing I wanted to do. Uh, was just start fiddling fiddling around with a bunch of different ideas and games. I just wanted to do something and make it. Oh yeah, Sir Joan, thank you for yeah. stopping by. 3 a.m. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So I noticed back up in the chat, uh, he or she posted. Uh, Were they? You can you can call me Sir Joan. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, I almost typed it and like it may not make much sense, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, yeah, I get what you're saying about game fine. jams. Um, mm -hmm. And there's always an air at the end of every jam of like, are we going to continue this project? Are we going to make it real? And it never happens. <laughs> right, right. Unless it unless people get actually serious about it. I, like, for example, I'm contracting with a company that started as a result of a jam. Um, oh, cool. And so, like, basically, the, the people who were starting the company, they were kind of already on their way to start the company anyway. But then they went to a jam, and they're like, you know, this might be a good first project for our company. And then they oh, okay. picked it up from there. So they kind of had the infrastructure. Ask, I was going to ask who it was, because knowing from Seattle, like, you yeah. know, I know a couple of, uh, I've made some friends there, and they started, they actually did do also a game jam, and their game turned into something. So that was kind of cool. So 
the company that I'm referring to is called Inverse. They're a VR game studio. Oh um, yeah, cool, dude! I didn't know you worked with them. Oh, what? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm literally at their office right now. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Well, tell them I said what's up, dude. I'm sure, they remember <laughs> me. Uh, yeah. Dude, that is crazy because yeah, like. I mean, that is like a. You just like jumped into something massive too. It does. You know, most most people think, oh, like you know, a game jam kind of like little two D type game or something, right? Yeah, they uh, <laughs> they they've been working on that game for I feel like over a year now. Um, right. And so, like they've they've released on Steam. They've been posting updates to the right. community. Uh, they made a lot of mistakes along the way, especially on the business side. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's still early access too, isn't it? I think so. I'm not sure. Yeah. I I, I haven't checked in a while. <laughs> I yeah. think of it as being released, like the way they the way they talk about it. Um, it might still be early access though. Right. Well, yeah, because I haven't had a chance to jump in lately and give it a shot. But um, yeah, so they made a game called The Nest, which is a VR yeah. sniper battle game. Yes, because I was gonna say Victor was uh, gave me access to like when when you when I, well I don't know if you were with the team at this point but when they were working on the multiplayer stuff yeah for it <laughs> they released it yeah oh shit okay cool so it then I definitely have to jump update. in okay cool <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, I, and so that's the thing is uh, again for anyone who's listening that the idea of staying focused is really really important and even though you're gonna miss out on stuff like that like. You know, you'll miss out on some of the games that your friends have been releasing and stuff because you are balls deep in trying to finish your own project. Yeah, uh, yeah that's definitely. You. Yeah. Well, now that I know that, dude, congrats. Because, yeah, that's that's definitely awesome. Uh, those are some awesome dudes, mm -hmm. too, man. Jay, do you have a question? or? I don't really have a question. Okay. I just thought your dialogue about sort of uh, yeah, I don't know, churning through ideas that you get motivated to do and then, you know, you crash and burn because you haven't set up a project that large before. <laughs> I think Everybody that's a good learning experience. And I read about it a lot when I started teaching myself all mm. these different skills. So I knew that would happen and I just planned on it. So what I did was I would always start with what I considered to be the most difficult problem the game idea would present me. And I, uh, that would get done, right? And then so I've got a box of these broken, badly programmed systems, but you rip them out and refactor them and they're okay. Oh, yeah. Have you ever yeah, read that you... famous... Oh, sorry, I'll let yeah, you go. No, go ahead, dude, go ahead. Have you ever read that famous uh, uh, article by Derek Yu, the guy who made Spelunky, about how to actually finish a game? Uh, no, what did he do? It's a little blog post, but it basically it, it just sounds like every single like person's experience when they first start making games, which is you have the big monolith project that you will try your hardest to make finish, and then along the course you'll because you're learning you'll decide like maybe three times to reboot the entire project and start from scratch. It's like I've right. learned so much. Think of what I could do now that I know how to make this better, and so you make it again and again, and he. <laughs> He found like just being saying stop making it again and go get on with it and finish it. <laughs> uh, yeah, like having that discipline to do that. 
Yeah, you know what? That honestly goes back to how I was talking about the idea of, uh, you know, pretty much scope and focus and stuff. Because uh, my buddy Zach was the one who actually brought the idea of feature creep. And I'd heard about this before, but uh -huh. it is it is one of those things where, like, yeah, you kind of start to do something, and then you're just like, oh, this sounds kind of cool. Maybe I'll do that. And then you just keep doing that. And believe me, I've been a victim of that, too. But... <laughs> Like, yeah, you really have to have that discipline of just stopping and, and, you know. I think it's a great way to learn it, though. Like, making those yeah. mistakes is probably one of the best ways to learn it so that you can feel the pain and the regret. <laughs> right, that right. That next totally. time you will have the motivation in you to actually keep yourself in check. Yeah. Well, and then so my thing was, uh, I, I'm sorry, I don't know if the dude's still on the, the line right now or whatever. Jay. Um, oh, no, you're fine, man. I... I have a mic I usually use, and I don't know where it is, so... Oh, okay, cool. Uh, what, so, what was your name, dude? I'm sorry? Oh, my name's Jay. I mean... Oh, cool. Okay. Um, I just wanted to know so I could address you if I, if I need to ask something. But actually, my, my, my question was, like, with those ideas that you say you've kind of, like, just had lying around or whatever, have you used those for any games you've released or any projects you're working on right now? Like, so, what yeah. do you do when you have all those ideas kind of sitting around? My first game is a discombobulated zombie of patched together broken failed games. <laughs> That's what it is. It's awful. It generates like 30 kilobytes of garbage data a frame because it's like 10,000 <laughs> lines long and totally unoptimized and stuff. The main menu is made of a bunch of like, I didn't know anything about the way Unity's UI worked when I made oh, this menu. Yeah. So. You can't change anything about it, and it's all just hard-coded values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've kind of, I've kind of been going through that right now with my game too, where um, optimization is something where you know, again, when you drop out of school and you don't know how to program, um, you write code in a really bad way. <laughs> um, so I'm having like a really bad performance problem right now on like Switch and like the consoles and stuff where on PC you're not, but that's just because you're like, you know, you're throwing all this horsepower from PC where you kind of don't see your mistakes yeah. until you have the limitations of having like a bottleneck on GPU or CPU or something. And then you're like, oh, the game didn't run like that before, you know? Yeah, you well, I've, also, yeah. I, I've also approached it, you know, I didn't, I didn't graduate because the school I went to was garbage and no, nobody likes to hear me say that, but I mean, <laughs> a lot of people from here aren't from Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. It would have been a great place to study radiology or physical therapy or something, but not computer science. And luckily right, right, I had right. one really good professor who taught me the fundamentals. And so I have always, I've, I mean, it's, you don't have to be efficient. You just have mm -hmm. to program for a fixed known cost. That so makes sense. It, once yeah. it becomes too much, it's too much, right? Yeah, just like keep cash. in mind all the trade-offs and as long as... Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you have to understand and pay attention to things like, you know, how much are you normalizing vectors? It's all that stuff, yeah. you know. So you know Victor, uh, the programmer at Inverse who started the Nest, their mm -hmm. current project? Um, mm -hmm. He never really got a formal education in programming. And okay. he they use Unreal Engine, and Unreal Engine has their blueprints system which is their drag and drop coding interface 
it's designed right. for like in designer type of people who want to make quick logic changes in the code without actually coding. Mm -hmm. He programmed that entire game in blueprints because he did not know code like real coding, quote unquote real coding. <laughs> yeah, <And> yeah. <laughs> over the course of making that game, he became like so technically deep on how the engine worked and how everything worked, and he still prefers to write in blueprints. Mm -hmm. And he recently started a a little side contract with another company uh, where they were doing a bunch of stuff and he was working with for the first time working with programmers who like were real programmers and nice. uh, were more experienced than him and stuff but he had more Unreal Engine experience and he was like I'm he was really surprised was like I'm telling these people who are quote unquote smarter than me all these things that I that I thought like everybody knew like he had this low uh, self like he he did not think of himself as an expert, and then he's but over the course of working with these people, he's like, you know, I know a lot of stuff. <laughs> like oh, he, nice. he built up that confidence. He's like, I'm much smarter than yeah. I thought. Then he gave credit himself credit for. Um, yeah, no, totally, man. Yeah, and so like that's a that's an like for people who are often self taught and stuff. I think that like that self limitation of like that self doubt, I guess, can also yeah. get in your way a little bit and. And I think like nothing trumps practice. Like once right you build on. up those hours of experience, you're you're you can be pretty good. Yeah, totally. Um, and I mean, one one of the things I did too is when I started. The reason I went with Unity was because at the time um, I started the game in GameMaker, like I said earlier. Um, but at the time when I got my Vita dev kit, Sony didn't support GameMaker, so I had to make a decision whether I was going to go to unreal right. unity or their own proprietary engine which was fire engine right um and unity at that time was was way more like it was easier to find like ask a question and and get an answer uh because a, a lot more of people like myself who were just kind of starting out were using it also mm -hmm. um, but the other thing was i also i wanted to write code and um Unreal, granted at that time also Unreal had this really high like expensive licensing fee too because they were still in that mindset yeah, of like free yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, Didn't have to compete so... with Unity as much. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, totally, dude, exactly. Uh, and, and so that was kind of the reason I went with Unity too is because I, I, I wanted to write code so that, you know, if something came up, I could possibly use that skill somewhere else. Uh, mm. That wasn't the goal, but I wanted it as a side effect, you know? Um, that's neat yeah and even now even now though like i i don't i don't know man i don't even know if i could go to a, a another team and join them as like a i sh sure as shit wouldn't be able to join as a programmer because i wouldn't feel that confident at all um but that also just goes back to the idea of the portfolio right because now it's a, well at least i have this game and i've put all this work into this game and that's my ability to show it's kind of like how people say go to school to have a piece of paper that shows you dedicated four, five, six years of your life to something so that you can show that dedication of something. Mm -hmm. Same thing with portfolio work, right? Uh, like, I don't agree with that point, but yeah. <laughs> but Jay, is that you making that noise? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it, man. Let's paper. hear it. Piece of paper. I'm cynical, man. I, I got oh, skills. I, I left with skills, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm 100% that way too, man. Like, um, so when I when I actually dropped out, I'm actually looking at it right now, but when I dropped out, I printed my uh, resignation withdrawal request and I put that up on my wall. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and, uh, 
as motivation. Yeah, totally, like man. Instead like of a guy. diploma. Your game is nuts. I don't know. That this is crazy, uh, in a good way. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it. I've been looking at it since I came in here. <laughs> You're looking what at this game, right? What possessed you to make a game where you control oh. two units at once? <laughs> um, just I don't know, man. Like it just came out of me because, like I said, <laughs> I wanted to make something kind of like, uh, you know, like a, a a brothers game where like you're controlling two things at once. Um, but it just it morphed into this beast, and it, I, I really do consider it a beast because, like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you get a chance to play it sometime, it, it's it's intense, man. Um, and you know, dude, I'm taking a lot of bullets for not like having a proper tutorial in it. Um, because you know, like I, I wanted also another big inspiration was braid and braid was a really cool game because it didn't waste its time trying to explain what the mechanics were and this and that. It was just like, this is what's going on. You're kind of slowing and, and you're, you're fucking with time pretty much, you know, um, granted that, you know, braids a lot and i don't mean this in a bad way but a simpler type game because you're not doing two things at once or whatever but yeah i think like i wouldn't even call it an achilles heel but if you want to call it that my biggest achilles heel is the idea of teaching someone how to play the game without me being there because at events like i will destroy myself to try and teach people how to play the game Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's been awesome. Like, the people who play it, they, they like, play it. And um, I've had people play the game for, like, three hours straight on the show floor. Um, and it's kind of one of those things where, like, you know, not literally three hours straight. It's kind of like they'll play it for, like, an hour. Someone comes in, jumps in, and then they, they just kind of swap out. But they're there the whole time when they could be playing millions of other things that are on the show floor. You know what I mean? Um, and that means a lot. But that that shows me that like people just need to understand how to play it, and then once they do, like either they get it or they don't, and that's fine. But yeah, explaining the game is I think the biggest uh, hurdle I guess yeah, I need to overcome. So standardized, it really hurts when you make something different. Oh yeah, it's just frowned on. It's straight just frowned. Oh on. yeah. Well, so I wanted to go back to how you were saying, Jay, because you said that your professor taught you the, the fundamentals or the basics, right? I think you said? Computer science fundamentals. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Like, what fundamentals? You know, single responsibility principle, encapsulation. Oh, okay. Pillars. Don't ask me to list them. <laughs> no, no, no. That's cool. I was just wondering because... skills and uh, yes. program okay. design. Registers. Yeah, mm -hmm. like I can take redstone and I can make a clock and I can make a binary clock with redstone and just wow, you know, I mean that's not wow. It's actually that's to happy. me it is because I don't know I wouldn't know the first thing on how to do that. <laughs> well, but, I can yeah. show you and you'd you'd get it in like twenty minutes. It's not <laughs> binary yeah. logic, you know. Once you once you've got yeah. the fundamentals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It really um, helps to understand what the computer is doing, which is why C Sharp and programming in Unity has been kind of weird because I just honestly have no idea what it's doing a lot of the time. But Right. So since you know about this kind of programming stuff, that's kind of one of those things I've always wondered, too, is it just it floors me that, like, you can do something in Unity and then it just works on everything else. Like, how in the hell does that happen? 
but again, it's not magic, right? Like, because I've said, like, it runs great on PC, but then you go to, like, Switch or something, and it runs like shit. So it's not magic, but it kind of is, you know? Like, I don't... Another strategy that I use is that I don't... I don't make games for my PC with an i5-4670K and a GTX 980 in it here. I, right. I, I stop and look at where my performance problem is when my laptop has a problem. Ah. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, a okay. lot of studios have the same problem. <laughs> they yeah. use very powerful they computers. They have these big, massive monsters of a PC and stuff. I mean, having powerful computers is great when you're doing stuff like baking lights and compiling and building so that oh, yeah. you can do it faster mm-hmm. but when it, it's time to test that can blind absolutely. you absolutely for 3d modeling for rendering for baking lights that's the big one that i didn't expect and didn't plan on or know that that stinks yeah, yeah there's a lot of programming stuff where i feel like part of programming is just managing what you know and what you don't know and like the magic and what you got a handle on <laughs> Right. Like, I think, like, it is a, even for programmers, it's like a a big exercise to start picking apart everything that you know and be like, how does this actually tie together? Like, when someone touches the screen, what is literally everything that happens that until it comes back to my game? And so, like, thinking about, okay, the touch screen has this kind of sensor on it, the sensor works this way, that sends an electrical signal to them, blah, 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 blah. And, like, that kind of, thinking like that's that kind of thinking is pretty rare uh like because so much of programming is about encapsulation where you you kind of think okay i don't know exactly how this works but i know this this and this uh Mm -hmm. and i'm just gonna make these assumptions about this and i'm gonna program around that and so you almost treat it like a black box (laughs) and then when something goes wrong you can start picking apart the black box and like well maybe the problem is inside the box or maybe it's outside maybe it's my stuff (laughs) that broke yeah well because also uh, one of those things i've always wondered about and again this was one of the reasons why i thought going to school was the the thing to do was because i you know i figured that there has to be some kind of structure that you go to to at least try to start making a game right Mm -hmm. like um you know you always see like uh developer diaries and stuff like that where they they have like their art team and all that stuff and then they have like their meetings and then you know you see the whiteboards and stuff and I always wondered how, what a structure to a video game was, right? Like how yeah. do, you, do you build the architecture, whatever the hell. Um, and I started to find out by, again, just going to these events that a lot of people just really do kind of just spitball stuff and they, they just wing go it. with something. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, granted, you know, obviously in the bigger studios, obviously they do have their kind of like pre-production, production kind of crap. Yeah. Uh, so like for personal projects, the constraints are not as crazy. Like you can yeah. follow whatever creative process suits you best. And oh, yeah. that's something that I've, like, again, games has really exposed me to is the whole think about your creative process critically. Uh, think about how much you're iterating, how much you're getting feedback uh, when you pivot with ideas. Uh, but then when it comes to big teams, the problem is turns less in, like it's part it's still a creative process problem, but it's then becomes a management problem where you're like, we have all these people to coordinate. We got to do things in a way that doesn't cost as much money <laughs> or time. Uh, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. And so I, I actually got really interested in like pr- basically producer skills 
as a result mm-hmm. of working on games because I was kind of like you where I'm like, I just want to learn how to make a game. And my school did not yeah. have any games program. We had the computer science program that I was a part of. And for me, I was always like, how do I make a game? How do I do it? And I'm like, I'm trying to make it, make a game and I restart my projects and all that. But then I started to realize, okay, one of the obstacles in my way is this project planning stuff. Like, how, and also creative process stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Like we we lose direction or we we step over ourselves trying to follow a dumb schedule that we came up with that isn't actually <laughs> working. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> I, I think working on these projects, like I would not have been exposed to the, that entire skill set and like thinking critically about you know, like your schedule and all that. Yeah. If it wasn't for this. My biggest problem when I got started definitely mm. was abstraction. Just creating a larger program than something that runs in one file. Yes. <laughs> communication between different files. That was one of my big obstacles, too. And when I took uh, an object-oriented programming class in college, that was like, this is the answer to all my questions. Yeah. <laughs> no object-oriented programming that. is literally abstraction. Like, it's all about how do we make a big program that doesn't collapse on itself. Which is, you know, the way I got past that was after I think the second failed project where I was really struggling with null reference exceptions, I, uh, I just went ahead and said, okay, screw it. It's time to study C sharp. And so I went and I got C sharp books specifically. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what I recommend doing if you have problems with that. Hmm. And similarly, everyone has their own learning style. And I know some people really do want the structure of a class. Yes. Um, and I am kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, dude. Again, it, it just goes back to what you want to do as an individual because, yeah, that's kind of my point, is I didn't like the way they were teaching what they thought they were teaching, you know? And it was just it was just a waste. Um, I like to be goal-oriented also, and, you know, like, but their goals were, were not goals I thought were worth trying to reach. So it was just like, all right, well, whatever, I'm out. Uh, before I started to owe like the, the big bucks, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, where again though, like, yeah, locally there was there was nowhere I could go. Like how Jay was saying, like he he's like, you you went into computer science also, right, man? Oh yeah. Or computer engineering or whatever. Is there is there is there a difference between those two? Or uh, yeah, I mean computer Nowadays engineering. I don't know. Okay. That's that's kind of soft semantics at that point. I don't I don't know. <laughs> well. Computer engineering now, I think, refers to hardware stuff. So oh, electrical okay. and computer engineering was a major at my school. And they're more like physical, like hardware. Yeah, kind like of soldering okay. circuit boards together and all that. Ah. All right, then that makes more sense then. Um, where, like, I think if I would have gone to school for that, like computer science or something, like, uh, you know, I, 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 I probably would have enjoyed that too. Because again, I. Once I started to work on the game, I started to realize writing code is really fucking cool. Um, and even in the most basic sense where with uh, you know Unity, you're just doing C-sharp scripts or whatever. Um, I'm sure that like that's where my mind just gets blown when I start to think about like game engines and stuff and how they work because yeah, like I know writing these dumb little scripts that just say, hey, on trigger enter, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know. I yeah. mean, people people reduce to that, and I mean, those scripts are not simple. Mm-hmm. So you're not gonna have the time to write the scripts I'm writing and mm-hmm. to make a game engine alone. It just just won't happen. 
Right. I know right. some people who've right. done it, but that's only because they're really, really passionate about engines. Yeah. <laughs> it's a 2D game engine where it's tile-based. Yeah. You know, I see I see a lot of people like, yep, yeah, I've made my own game engine, and I'm like, all right, well, there's no game here. And then I haven't made a game, so I can't say anything. But, yeah. <laughs> it's important well, why to... Not? Why not, dude? Like, what, what has kept you from trying to make something? Or well, I, just, from making... I just don't care. Oh, okay. I make, I make these component systems, and I've been putting them together and educating myself, and I'm about to. So I've actually I've stepped down to mobile, to just for two reasons, so that I can show it to people by just handing it to them, and second of all, okay, to so push it and see how well it really will perform. So you know, I've got a mobile game with two or three hundred moving agents, and it's 3D, and there you go, you know. Yeah. So we're see, out of time. you're you're mostly into it more for like the idea of just being able to like make something like the function of something then not really yeah, to make a video game and stuff like that i just like making games but i mean you know it's if you want to make a an intricate game like yours it's, right you take one person a long time yeah took me four years man i mean yeah that's <laughs> yeah it, and i mean is that that's like your first finished game yeah well and i wouldn't even say it's finished yet it's on early access but uh I'm focusing right now on the Switch version, but yeah, it's it's my first game ever, I've ever touched, I've ever worked on, um, yeah. So like the next one you make can be that complicated, and you'll probably make it in two years, right? I mean, <laughs> if you're oh, yeah. not dead. If but... I don't have a day, a day job by then and can work on it full time, yeah, right. that would be awesome. I feel yeah. Yeah, but hey, man, sacrifices. I mean, that really is another thing. Sorry, dude, were you saying something? Uh, I was saying that we're technically out of time, but if you want to stay online oh. in chat, you, you're feel, feel free to do so. <laughs> sure. Just, well, just want to let people I, know that. Yeah. Yeah. If they want to step niche. out, it's no big deal. I, oh, I'm just, I just want to eat my food. That's it. I don't mind. <laughs> Sorry, a, Jay, what were you saying? I found an unfilled niche by accident yesterday. Ooh. What's that? Roll20 sucks. Roll20. Roll just Google Roll20. Roll 20. Okay, a, I'll write D &D, that down. It's a D&D &D framework. It's I, for I was going to say, I'm sure it's a some kind of nerd dice thing or yeah. something. I don't even like D&D &D that much, but <laughs> like, who, like who wants nerds. to get together and make a version of this that doesn't allow the players to just move their characters through walls? Yeah. And the DM <laughs> is like, I drag you back. Nice. I'm like, okay. And the DM is like, there's a door here. I'm like, okay. Right on. Yeah, there's no door, you know, like marked. There's a project that you don't want to just dive into, though. Let's build a level editor. It needs to be online framework. Um, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I, I'm going to cut just my stream so that I can uh, have that stop also. Sure. Um, I'm still recording. <laughs> okay. But uh, I, I did wanted to follow up a little bit. So the, What was that? Uh, I, I wanted to follow up a little bit on something that was brought up earlier. So sure. as far as your, like, what are, it's a, so you basically learned a bunch of programming while working on this project, uh, but you yes. also, it sounds like you've learned, you've tried to learn everything else, like music or, is that true? Well, uh, no, not necessarily. So I'm a musician first and foremost. So uh -huh. music just came naturally okay, to so me. You, well, you just do the music. <laughs> with your, yeah, the music to me, yeah. and I don't, I don't mean this in a cocky, I can do anything kind of thing, but it, like music to me was second nature because yeah. I've just been doing it forever. You weren't fumbling uh, around like you were with programming. <laughs> no, no, no way. But when I started, when I started being a musician, I did in that same sense, right? But I, now mm -hmm. I've been doing that for 
fuck, I don't know, like 15, 16, fuck, maybe more years. Uh Um, And then, yes, but I started the same way with music. Like, I I, I thought going to school, or actually, I started a long time before that, but I thought going to school would be cool to learn music stuff, and that was a waste of time, too. So I actually dropped out of college twice. First for a mu- as a music major, and then as a uh, game design. Uh, there was like a time span of like s- maybe eight years between there, though. But still, um, yeah. So I'm giving my age away. <laughs> no, man, I'm almost forty, yeah, man. It I'm, sucks. I'm, but anyway, I'm almost thirty, so I'm it's proud all of your age. age. <laughs> getting started, and I'm almost thirty because I wasted like ten years dropping out of college twice too. It's okay. Oh uh, shit. Yeah, no, it's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm over it. Right. Uh, well, 20, yeah, Roll Twenty doesn't suck that much. I'm not that cynical. <laughs> it's just an idea. Yeah, but yeah, so that that was kind of the thing, dude. Is I, I um, yeah, music wasn't so hard because of that, but everything else, yeah, totally. Like the art again. This is going back to that YouTube video I was talking about earlier. The the trailer, the TLDR progress thing. Um, it's meant for that reason. It's to show uh, how I went from something that looked terrible to something that looked okay, <laughs> you know? Like, but it, it came from me noticing, I when I started the game, I wanted to go for that kind of capybara, like pixel aesthetic. And that is really hard to pull off. Like it's way harder than most people even think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you'll always get those trolls on the internet that are like, oh, this looks like it, but shut up, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's really hard to do. So. I just overcame it and was like, well, what can I do to make it not look so bad? And I, I, I started messing around. This was right when the 2D tools started making their way into Unity, because remember uh, Unity at one point, uh, I started in like 4.3 and mm-hmm. uh, it didn't have like proper 2D tools in it yet. Wow, right. Yeah, so it was still like 3D based and stuff. So I was just using a very simple orthographic camera that just flattened everything. And um, yeah, dude, the game just looked terrible. <laughs> but I thought, well, I'm in a 3D engine. How much harder could this really be? I already started the game and the game's working uh, in the most basic sense, right? So I just started messing around, looking up what a perspective camera was, like how, how the differences were or whatever. Um, and then turned my cameras into perspective. And then I was like, even just that one little switch made the game look completely different because now it just looked, it had some depth, you know what I mean? It was still 2D and it was still flat, but it had some depth and I just started experimenting from there. And then one thing led to another. I I got this program called Cubicle, um, which is a voxel editor. So all of the 2D art that you, or that you would see in the game from like the original version is the same 2D art that I brought into Cubicle and I turned it into a 3D object and just started pulling stuff apart and turned it into 3D objects. So all of the two ships in the game, it's the same sprite that I drew when I first started concepting out the game. Um, it, it just turned into a 3D object. Um, and then that gave it more interesting depth. And you could see in those trailers how I started to mess with the camera angles and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it, it was just one thing led to another, man. But it was the idea of like, I'm not going to let this trip me up. I, I want to finish this and I, I got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of, again, it goes back to the idea of the make games not excuses thing. Because, you know, there are people who are like, oh, I can't draw. And it's like, well, it didn't stop me. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean, though, it, it shouldn't stop you or it's not going to stop you. 
Yeah, it's just how how long sorry, Livio. Yeah. How long no, did no, you no, have the idea that you should just make a game like before you decided to dive into it? <laughs> Forever, right? Yeah, well, I mean yeah, I don't I decided in twenty thirteen or no, twenty twelve to go to school for game design, did a whole year, realized it was a waste, and then immediately after after dropping out, I wanted to make a game because I from that point I was like, it's it's gotta be possible um because at that point there were other developers who were like one people or one person team type things so i was like there's gotta be a way like what am i doing wrong what am i not understanding <laughs> yeah and yeah just immediately like fucking hardcore 100 went balls deep dude um i, I also really respect just how yeah. resourceful people can get when they're making games like even though you don't know much about art you still find little things that can help you out a bit yeah little techniques uh little settings and just like that resourcefulness is like a really core skill i think and yeah, espe yeah. especially in programming like a lot so much of programming like when you're working with a developer who like you like if like i've i've worked with developers who i thought were just brilliant but when mm -hmm. you pick apart like their skills and why are they why why they're so great a lot of it is yeah. just oh i heard about this thing once and I thought it might come in useful someday, so I remembered it, and now it's useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and um, just like being resourceful that way, like, is a core. Th it's just, it's just like a core thing that I can't imagine doing work without. Right. Yeah. Well, it's also one of those things where I'm always telling people, it's like just ask a question, right? Because by asking questions, that's how you're going to find out something. A lot of people just kind of, again, it goes back to what we've started talking about, dude, was the idea of if you're always going to be hiding behind yourself, then you're never, you're, you're definitely not going to answer any questions. You're not going to get ahead anyway, in any way. Um, but yeah, by asking questions. So one of the things is I always draw parallels between like the music industry and like the game industry based on like, uh, you know, like just my um, experience through it where I started to realize also that like, for example, how I said that GDC was what lit my fire and was like, okay, I'm really doing this now was because you, especially like at GDC where it's nothing but game developers. It's not like a PAX, right? Where it's people yep. who play video games. This is like total nerddom, you know what I mean? Um, and like you ask a question of like, you know, well, I'm trying to do this. And then someone asks, answers the question. Someone doesn't know how to do it. Someone else. It, it's just like developer or engineers or computer like programmer type people stop at nothing to try and give you an answer on how to solve the situation you're in <laughs> yeah you know yeah. what i mean it becomes, and it's awesome it comes like a per you can yeah <laughs> it's like a bug like you have to you have to solve yeah, the problem dude it's yeah. a bug that's why they gotta fix it it's a bug <laughs> well there's so many people saying they're programmers now because they wrote one script yeah <laughs> you have to prove yourself so right like, on you're right like, on. no I, I can do that yeah yeah, dude, again, that's what I'm saying. I sure as hell would not call myself a programmer. Like, designer, maybe, because, I mean, yeah, that's I, kind of a cop-out, because it's like, designing is, is somewhat easier. I, 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 don't, I don't mean to, like, make it sound, you know, like it one's better than the other, but just the idea of, or easier than the other. But it's just, obviously, it's kind of like the idea of where someone says, like, oh, I have an idea. Yeah. Well, cool, 50 million people have ideas. How do you yeah. execute on it? You know what I mean? And I think that's the biggest key there is 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 the execution of the idea. Um, but yeah, like ideas are easier to come up with. But again, programmers, 
work mostly in execution. So that's why that's where I've seen that kind of there. Um, Making or the difficulties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go, dude. Totally. I know you do uh, music. Yeah. I'm I've been more of like a writer over uh -huh. the years. Um, they kind of have a concept of what's called being a gardener. And that's where you sort of have a plot, but you don't really know what you're going to do. Oh. And that's insane from the perspective of like, I'm going to software engineer a video game. Yeah. <laughs> but with Unity, I don't, I don't know, with these modern game engines, with Unreal, it's not as insane. It just... Yeah, but yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. I just I thought no, no, no. So I, I think I get what you're saying, dude, because you're like it's this blank slate kind of thing, right? And then it's like, how do you create something from a blank slate? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that is what you're saying, but that's kind of what I got. Yeah. You were saying it is. Yeah, yeah it, gotten, it seems I've like I've gotten used to thinking in terms of that as well. Like it's a lot of it comes down to prototyping and like what is prototyping. I when I was a student, I had a really hard time learning like like actually internalizing like what does it mean to make a rapid prototype of a game like what does it mean to make pro what is a prototype like and yeah eventually what i settled on the understanding that i settled on was uh if you think of your idea in your head as what you want to make a prototype is not like kind of like the first draft but almost like you just set out and be like, I want to make this idea exist as fast as possible so that I can look at it <laughs> and play it and then think yeah. about it. And and while you're making and while you're implementing that idea, while you're executing on it, it will change. Your idea will change based on what you're yeah. learning, what constraints will come up. Uh, and so it's kind of like this hybrid between like the programming model, as you said, Jay, is very like... Uh, constraint-driven, spec-driven. You kind of need to know what you're making before you start making it. And the prototyping process for me has been a hybrid of the creative free-flowingness where you're like, this idea might change, but for now we're just gonna program this. <laughs> and you might be programming a bunch of stuff with knowing full well that you're gonna throw away that code later if you pivot. Uh, and so that's how I've come to terms with it all. <laughs> the basic yeah. idea with being a gardener is that you take the opportunities that come with you. So if you have... Uh -huh. You know, if you have a, oh, I think we've. I've heard community so. managers talk about gardening as well. Yeah, so if, if you see, <laughs> like, oh, hey, this is fun. So, like, the an example that I could give you is that these these NPCs I'm working with right now, they they update and check for the ground every tenth of a second, and then I like the way they fall off a ledge. So the whole game is just them falling off a ledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's. Huh. I mean, that's. I wasn't planning on that. It's not, you know. Yeah. No, totally. Because yeah, well, to do it, right. The motto, or like the motto, the motto I've tried to made for like uh, or do for the studio is like gameplay first, ask questions later. Uh, and that I mean that's kind of how I started the game, right? Is I just wanted to make something really quick, fun, and bite-sized kind of thing, and then worry about everything else later, like the music. What what type of music is gonna go in here? What's the art gonna look like? It's all that kind of stuff. Um, Oh yeah, so I'll go ahead and just end the uh, the, the stream also because uh, just to keep it consistent. But um, 
Um, I'm, I'm actually going to go have dinner anyway, too. But yeah, uh, just for people who are watching this on the stream, thank you guys for stopping by. Uh, Livio, thank you. And Jay, thanks for thank stopping by. Thank you so much. Nice to meet you. Man. That was cool. Likewise. Yeah, totally. Um, if you're ever at an event or anything, man, feel free to introduce yourself or anything. I'd, I'd love to meet you guys in person. Uh, Livio, I think I met you at GDC a couple times. Maybe uh, GDC. Maybe it's in Seattle somewhere. I don't know. Maybe PAX. in Seattle. Yeah, maybe in Seattle. Seattle Indies Expo, PAX. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. It had to be there. Uh, maybe all yeah. of the above. <laughs> What's that? Maybe all of the above. <laughs> totally, man. Okay. So, yeah, thank you guys. Uh, thank you for doing this, man. This is awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll post the recording at some point. We're a little slow with recordings. I think we'll, we'll upload a big batch at the end of the month, <laughs> which is my free time. Right on. Jay, again, thank you, man. Thanks for stopping by. Jessica, if you're still there, obviously, thank you for the questions. All right, yeah. Yeah, thanks, guys. I'm going to go have some dinner then real quick. Nice to have you. Have a good weekend. Likewise. Thank you, sir.